Hello, wonderful world of the internet. This is my podcast, Projecting Passion. And it's all about the things in life that we as human beings are so passionate about. Friends, family, faith, careers, hobbies, relationships. We want to talk about it all. This is the place to have those fun and crazy conversations. So I'm your host, Jared Nissen, and you are listening to Projecting Passion. Sweet. So welcome back to Projecting Passion. It's me, Jared. And today I'm here with a great friend of mine, Abraham. Abraham, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm Abraham. So (laughs) good to see you all. Yeah. So Abraham and I uh, have been friends for a really long time. We've been friends for a a really long time, actually. So um, Abraham, would you like to talk a little bit about how we met? Yeah, man. Uh, We met a while ago. Mm -hmm. It would have been year nine back in the school. Um, which I think was 2014. So yeah, I don't remember days. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like, "When did you graduate?" And I'm like, "Well, one, I didn't. Um, two, <laughs> I um, I was in the same year as Abe. So just ask Abe. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know dates. Hey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 2014. Yeah. Um, um I remember the first time that I saw you was at the youth group. Yes. That, that we went to. Yeah. yeah. Firebrand, it was called. Yeah. Um, oh man, that was awesome because you knew Bree yes. from school. Bree is a good friend of ours, mm-hmm. um, who we've also known for a long time. And um, yeah, she brought you along to youth. Um, yep. I met you there. It just ha- so happened that you'd just gone to the school that I was just about to join. Yeah. Um, so you, you you joined a week before me and then I came along and it was pretty easy, wasn't it? Like just that instant friendship. Yeah. Like I don't even barely remember the youth group actually um yeah like i remember seeing you there for the first time and brie was like this is abraham the tall guy <laughs> and um and but yeah that was honestly it like i don't really remember us becoming friends we just were friends yeah like yeah yeah see i, I remember the youth group because that was my life back then i was homeschooled mm. so yeah youth group was pretty much the only time that i got to socialize so mm. i loved it that's why i remember it yeah man well with that being homeschooled and all that, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, where you came from, your family, your, your upbringing, all of that? Yeah, sure. Um, I am the oldest of six kids. So I've got five younger siblings and my mum homeschooled us all up until the point where I was starting year nine, then I went to school and then the rest of my siblings followed the few years after. Mm. Um, so yeah, mum did an incredible job with all that. And mm. um, yeah, it was really cool to see that like when I went to an actual school that with like proper accreditation, accreditation, <laughs> <laughs> um, <Not even. laughs> whatever that word is, uh, it was really cool to see that like I wasn't behind at all. So mum did like a great job mm. teaching us. Um, and that was really cool to um, have that start because I feel like it made me really pure in my upbringing mm. there was there was kind of just one one influence in my life and that was my parents really um so that was cool to have that purity in my upbringing mm. which is great yeah and that is awesome um and so when you came to school and you met us boys <laughs> 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 what happened from there because <laughs> we were pretty rowdy at school yeah <laughs> yeah look the purity was all gone wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> we, we threw it out the window pretty quickly <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah i just remember us like just having fun though, like as yeah. much as we were like rowdy kids and we were uh, definitely annoying to everyone around us, including the teachers, um, mm. you know, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, we, did. We, we had a lot of fun just yeah. being idiots at school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we were definitely disrespectful <laughs> and um, yeah, not nice to people around us, which yeah. is not a positive at all. But nah. um, but yeah, man, um, how did you find the whole like school experience once you did join in? No, I had a lot of fun. Hey, um, as I said, like, 
back in the day when I was homeschooled, youth group was the only chance that I really got to socialize with people. Mm. Um, and it was something that I really missed a lot. Uh, so when I came to school, it was, it was just awesome to have that friendship with people. Yeah. And um, just see mates every day and hang out. Mm. Um, even though some of the stuff we were doing wasn't that, that great. Like, mm. there was a lot of good stuff as well. Oh, there was, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just like really cool to have those friends. And you guys all came to youth group as well for a bit as mm. well, which is great. I think, yeah, yeah. all through high school. Um, or so once I joined that high school in year nine. I um I think I jumped in and out of youth group. I would like mm. come for a few weeks, not come for a few, and then yeah. yeah, just kind of in and out. Um, but yeah, we were also in the same life group, which is like a connect yeah. for youth, yeah. and that was a big thing. That was um, we had a lot of fun there as well. We definitely had a lot of fun. Um, that was, and we had some really influential people as well talking mm. into us. Our yeah. youth pastor at the time, uh, Tristan Ivy, what a like incredible yeah guy he was, and the the things he had to say, like it's crazy to think that like I was very much on the outskirts, but he still like, he still fed into me and he still mm. like, he would go out of his way to like get in contact and to yeah. catch up and all those things. I know you were really close with him. Mm. Um, so yeah. what was the relationship like there? Like, um, yeah, it was good. Hey, he was, um, it's kind of like an older brother to me, mm. uh, which is really cool. Cause yeah. I didn't, I didn't have an older brother. I was the oldest. And so I, I, I sort of always wanted that. Mm. Um, to, yeah, just to like, help out with a few things you know like i was yeah. sort of figuring everything out for myself and um yeah to have someone older than me that cared and mm. sort of helped out give wisdom and stuff like that it was great um and we had a lot of fun as well i remember mm. especially towards the end of high school it was great because we started doing things like playing on the same soccer team and um oh, awesome. yeah we used to hang out a lot as well just like grabbing food yeah, dude. Um, he would shout me burgers all the time, which was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really was just that friendship then, wasn't it? Yeah, it like, was. Like, you say, like, brotherly, like, love yeah. and friendship, which is just awesome. Like, it's yeah. the kind of thing that uh, we're actually talking about today, which is, yeah, like, how important friendships are. And what we've actually called it is the, like, the power in friendship, because mm. there is so much power in having genuine connection with people, um, people who are on the same walk as you. Um, a lot of this will be about how Abraham and I are in the same walk of faith. And um, we just think like it's so important to really dive into that together as friends and do really fun things that involve your faith, like sitting down and recording a podcast. Like yeah. I just think it's something that can actually build not just your friendship, but your faith um, in incredible ways. And so that's kind of why we're here today. Um, and yeah, on that, um, whereabouts would you say that you really like, like where was your biggest influence when it comes to introducing you to faith? Like, was it your parents? Was it youth? Was it church? How did it all go down? I don't even think I know the answer to this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I even know the answer to this. I haven't really thought. Mm. Um, I was always raised a Christian. My parents were Christians before I was born. Um, so they've always raised me in church. But back in the day, I didn't really pay much attention to it, mm. I guess. Um but no, I'd say I say it would definitely be my parents. Mm. Um, I went on the journey for myself to discover it, um, mm. and it wasn't until I discovered God for myself that I actually started believing. But I think my parents definitely opened my mind up to the possibility of God, um, and yeah, and then I found out the reality of God, and that's when I owned it for myself. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I found like a similar experience in the sense of. Um, you know how when, you know, you grow up and you get a bit older and you start 
noticing why your parents have like put rules in your life why they're like you know they they tell me not to like go out at three in the morning because (laughs) they're like you know it's not always safe yeah Um, especially depending on where you live and stuff like that like they don't just give you rules they give you these rules because they care about you and they want to see you like you go through the best and so i've noticed as i've become more um i guess in faith and in touch with faith and in touch with god i've noticed that um a lot of the things that i learn and that i start valuing i'm like oh my parents taught me this and I just yeah. didn't care at the time. <laughs> like, so true. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's so often that as much as um, I would say that my friendships really brought me to God, um, my parents did such, like, foundational work in really, like, introducing me to what it all means and planting those, like, in my life when I was young so that once mm. I came, once I became older and realised it, I'm like, man, my parents, like, I have a lot more respect for them than yeah. I did when I was younger and I have a lot yeah. more, like, love for them because I'm like, man, they did incredible things and I was just a stupid kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the thing as well, like, it's also a maturity thing. Yeah. I was very immature when I was younger and, you know, you think that you know it all but you just don't. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it's, it's been so good. Like, it's been, the past few years have been great sort of to understand why my parents did what they did. Mm. Um, yeah. It's been really good. Yeah. And that's awesome. Um, and yeah, so to continue on with like our high school and stuff like that, mm. it was year 11 or halfway through year 11 when I left. Yeah. I left school. I dropped out. I'm one of those guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, to go on a little bit of a side note here, like me leaving school was such an, um, an appropriate thing for the time. I would yeah. 100% yeah. recommend that people finish school because I think it's so important to finish school and kind of get that understanding of the trend like the the appropriate transition from high school to mm, being an adult yeah. and going into the world um but for me at the time even my my teachers actually encouraged me to to like move on and go try other things and um so for me it was like a really awesome thing but i definitely didn't take all the advice and i went off into the wrong section of the world mm. um <laughs> but yeah talk about uh that with like yeah once a lot of your friends left school because not just me but some of the other boys all left school around yeah. the same time we all kind of bailed <laughs> yeah um well yeah that was that was a tough time hey because pretty much all of my closest mates left like you and dylan were like my mm. two best friends back in the day and you both left schools about the same time so mm. i was like oh all my friends are gonna have to go find a new friend group mm. um so i did that but that was yeah tough trying to transition mm. into that you know i felt kind of on the outskirts of that new friend friend group even whether i was or not you know Mm. it was probably just in my head but yeah that's how i felt and um yeah it's tough to transition there and yeah it definitely can be um especially because you know like i would say personally i did a pretty bad job at like staying in touch like Mm. i think for a while we were staying in touch still chatting and stuff but i definitely dropped the ball there and i let it like roll off got all soaked up in the world that i was in um which is like natural and normal and it's not something to like i guess hold disdain against that's rough we just spilled some water (laughs) that's okay don't worry about it it's just carpet (laughs) but yeah um that's not the kind of thing to i guess you know be upset about you know it's natural and if someone like i've had friends grow apart from me and i still love them to death it's like my best mate of all time um karen i haven't seen him in like three years um and that's okay that's totally (laughs) okay um and i know for a fact the second would catch up it'd be like like seeing a brother again for the first time in a long time yeah well Um, i think we both did you know, yeah, like I didn't keep in contact with you either. And uh, I think that was just because we didn't have the skills to do that. Like we yeah. just didn't know how to because all, we, all we'd known before that is, you know, you go to school and you see your mates and exactly, there's nothing yeah. more to it. 
but yeah definitely when you leave school it's there's a lot more that you have to be intentional about yeah oh that's such a good word that is Mm. such a good word just intentional um and it's so true like being intentional about who you want to really invest into in your life is so cool yeah yeah. that's it yeah awesome yeah and so um you know year 12 comes around you graduate um how was that whole experience actually um interesting actually 2017 was the year that i graduated and i think that whole year was probably one of the toughest years of my life yeah wow. um i had the whole stress about ATAR, which was massive um at the time i wanted to be a doctor so i was studying pretty hard trying to get you know the 99 ATAR, <laughs> um which didn't happen <laughs> by the way but i did i didn't do bad it's like um but yeah that was stressful um just trying to manage all of that um and on top of that my youth pastor tristan actually Mm. passed away that year yeah which was really sad for a lot of people but i was affected a lot as well because i was so close to him well yeah i mean you said earlier he was like a brother to you yeah it's like you know losing a brother is a lot yeah and Um, the transition from like year 12 to adulthood yeah it was um it was pretty rough I think because because of the pain that I had from that year, mm. I just pursued the wrong things mm. as a way of trying to cover that up, even though I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I got pretty into drinking and partying mm. and all that stuff. Just like, just temporary relief, I guess, yeah. is what it was. And yeah, I will take a lot of responsibility for that because I was 100% the one who was like, yo, come to my house. I'm having friends over for drinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I definitely introduced you to some bad things. Yeah. That was definitely a choice that I own yeah. as well. And I think that's really cool. my choice. Mm. Yeah. That is really cool that like, you know, you can look back on that. And as much as like, you know, I played a hand in bringing you over to the dark side, you were like, um, you know, you made that choice and that's mm. it's really important because there was a time where, you know, someone played a hand in me going there and I made that choice as well mm. and I have to own that as well. Like, it's not yeah. it's not their fault by any means. Like, sure, they gave me the choice, but there's a choice with everything. Yeah. And I've said this to you before, but I'll say it for the benefit of the listeners. Mm. Um, if it wasn't you, it would have been someone else yeah. because I would have looked for the people that were in that because that was the kind of lifestyle that I was searching for at the time. Mm. And so... Yes, it happened to be you that did introduce me to those stuff. But if it wasn't you, I would have found someone else. And here's the thing. Um, with something like drinking and partying and all that, it's it's culture. Like, yeah. it's not at all something that, um, you know, if someone doesn't show you it, you're not going to hear about it. Everyone yeah. knows about it. We all know about it. We've seen it on TV. We see it on social media. We see it and hear it from our parents and friends. Mm. Um, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. And so the fact that... Um, you know, that we can sometimes take blame and then, like, put shame on ourselves for something that is inevitable in the sense of they're going to be exposed to it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really important that we look at the world around us and notice that, you know, if it wasn't me, it would have been someone else. Um, and so I think that's a really, like, cool and mature, actually, way of looking at that. Thanks, man. Um, so that's really cool, man. Yeah, thanks. Um, but, yeah, we, we partied, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we partied we, pretty hard. We partied pretty hard, yeah. yeah. So we were partying from... I mean, it was in year 12, wasn't it? Or maybe um, towards the end of it, Towards yeah. the end of year 12 when uh, when I was like, yo, come party. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we, we definitely got into some house parties at first mm. um, for a while. Um, you know, we did meet some cool people and have some cool friends that we've actually, like, stay, still stayed in contact with. 
And I mean, as much as the party scene is not somewhere we want to be now, it's like, you know, I feel like it was an important part of our journey to mm. really get perspective in life and really... Um, I'm not saying everyone has to go through party. Like, it mm. does not uh, have to go that way at all. I know plenty of people actually never had a party phase um, and they're yeah. doing great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I think, for me, I definitely don't look back at that and regret it all. I look back at it and I'm like, you know, in the t- in the moment, I could have been doing better things, mm. but that has shaped who I am today. Yeah. Um, and I'm so... I'm, in a sense, grateful for it. Grateful that I had those experiences, mm. even though they weren't all great. A lot of them were messy and hurtful and mm. not just to myself, but others. Yeah. But like, I am who I am because of them. And yeah. so I definitely don't regret it. Mm. Um, how do you feel about all the partying and stuff that we went through? Because we <laughs> went through a lot. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, kind of goes back to that thing in the Bible that says God works all things for good. Yeah. Um, you know, it definitely wasn't good what I was doing and, and the experiences that I was having. But in the end, it worked out for good. Um, and I think glory has to go to God for that because, yeah, he made it work out. Um, and there's also just forgiveness for it all as well, which is mm. so critical. Um, and that's been a critical part mm. of my coming out of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, with like the the coming out of partying and stuff like that, something that I really wanted to to ask you, and I, I was like, I'm going to wait until we're actually in the moment to ask this. this. Um I like it. Yeah. Bit of spontaneity. <laughs> Bit of, yeah. I was like, I have to wait until it's in the moment because this yeah. is going to be, this is going to be fun. And that yeah. is like, what was the moment, if you can put a finger on it, um, yeah. it can be like, it doesn't have to be an instant moment, but like, you know, it could be a week or whatever. Yeah. But what was the moment that you were like, I don't want to party anymore. Like, I want to move on. I want to find something greater. Yeah. Like, where, where was it? Like, oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I can give you a few moments mm-hmm. when it happened. Um, I want to hear them. Give us like yeah. context, everything. Um, so, you know this, but we both used to work at a job in CCG, which was oh, yeah. um, door-to-door sales, sort of doing charity work, mm. um, getting people to sign up and donate to charity. Which was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's let's uh, touch was, on that okay, for a right, moment. Right, like, okay, what a gig! <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we had a great time, didn't we? Yeah, so it was door-to-door sales, um, like you said, like selling charities and getting people to sign up for charities. But we got hourly pay yeah, and we got commission on our sales. So I don't know yeah. how money was going anywhere except our pockets. Yeah. But like, oh man, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I worked there for about almost a year mm. and earned a lot of money in that time. Mm. It was, was good pay. left with none of it. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. That was not fun. Um, and I think that that works perfectly because that was one of the reasons why I realized mm. this is actually not where I want to be. Because, you know, in the, in the course of a year, I probably spent seven grand on alcohol, Ubers and food. Mm. It's just like, that's such a waste of money. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was one of the first things that really got my attention. And I was like, I need to stop this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well. Um, but yeah, then I went on a journey of trying to, trying to stop, but there was always just that thing bringing me back to it, Mm. you know, like you'd, you'd go, okay, I'm not drinking anymore. And then there's that friend that invites you out and you you say no a few times, but they keep persisting and eventually (laughs) you just like, all right, let's go. Um, (laughs) and there's always that way back in It's It's so easy to just fall back into the same old habits. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It's so easy to just um, 
yeah, without having bad intentions, just the idea of, you know, someone brings up a, a bottle of beer and they're like, hey, like, mm. um, you want to have a beer? And it's like, yeah, I do want to have a beer. And then once I'm drinking that beer, there's nothing wrong in that situation. It's just me yeah. enjoying a beer with some friends. Nothing wrong there. But then it's like, you want another one? Yeah. That's and it. it's so easy to fall into that trap of like, you want another one, another one, another one. Um, and so it is like, in a sense, nowadays, it's like knowing your limits and knowing mm. um, what is safe for you and what's comfortable for you and not going any further than that. Yeah. But, you know, back in the day when we we're figuring out how all this works, mm. like we're, we're yeah. learning for the first time how our limits work and how we um, like want to spend our time and how we're, we're spending our time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that, someone says, do you want to drink? And you go, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's no questioning it at all. You're just like, yeah, why not? Like yeah. the only time I would say no to a drink is if I felt like I was going to vomit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. The, I'll go back to the other question that you asked. Mm. Um, the other moment where I realized that I n- needed to stop mm. was the moment that I found God. Um, I touched on this earlier where, you know, my parents sort of opened my mind up to the possibility of God. But then when I had this encounter, it opened my mind up to the reality of God. Yeah, wow. And um, it was it was then that I realized God was real and that he did love me and he did have a plan for me that I really owned the decision yeah, of wow. cutting it all out. And it wasn't then that I actually managed to cut it out. You know, I've been on a journey. Mm. But it was then that I made the decision and... After that, I had to keep making that decision. Yeah. You know, every time you fall, you, you, you just run to God and get more of his grace and forgiveness. And then, mm. you know, with his strength, you overcome. And I think it's really cool, actually, to be at the place where I'm at now, um, where this year I've actually decided not to have a single drink mm. all year. Um, you know, I tried to do it last year. And, you know, as you said, there's nothing wrong with having one beer with a few friends. And, you know, I knew that then. So I, what I would do is I would have one beer with a few friends. Mm. But I think because the place where I had come from, I was so far gone. Um, and I just, it was such a weak spot for me that one beer led to 10. Yeah, well. Um, you know, it, it was such a weak spot. So now I've decided, you know, at least for this season in my life, I'm just cutting it all out because it is a weak spot. And... I want to get past that. Yeah, well. So it's great to be at the place where I'm at now where God has just strengthened me so much where I can actually do that because two yeah. years ago, there's wow. no way I could do that. And that is awesome. That yeah. is like, that's really encouraging as well. Um, especially if, you know, um, if there are listeners who are struggling with these things at mm. the moment and just knowing that, you know, God will pull through. God mm. always pulls through. And the more you lean into him, the more he's going to show you and the more avenues he's going to give you to actually pull through and get through these things. Yeah, and that's so, it. I think that's really cool. Mm, thanks, man. Um, yeah, actually, super proud of you, bro. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> thanks, bro. <appreciate> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, a little bit of a backtrack now to before um, we've made it like through this section. But, you know, back when I had just started discovering church um, was around about the time that we started like reconnecting and we started yeah. actually catching up a little bit. Yeah. And we started, um, we spent a lot of time at Macca's, <laughs> lots yeah, of time, yeah, late yeah. night Macca's. Um, yeah. I think I say reconnected, but we were definitely hanging out before that. Yeah, um, we, we were definitely hanging out before that because um, we were partying a bunch. Um, I don't quite remember how how we reconnected. Um, do you remember how that all went down? Or Honestly, no. Not really? No, I don't. I think um, because our friendship in school was so good, it was probably really natural. It was yeah. probably just like one of us was, was like, yeah, let's hang out. And yeah, then it, was it was just like 
as if nothing changed. Yeah, um, I don't think there was ever a point where I felt like our friendship was mm. gone. Yeah, neither. Um, I don't think I did as yeah. well. So I don't, I, yeah, I don't think there was anything to reconnect. I think we were always mates. Yeah. But, you know, just mates that saw each other once a month instead of every day. Yeah, good point. Good yeah. point. I think, yeah, I have to agree with that, especially from going from school to to not school it's like it's more natural for friends to only catch up occasionally than yeah. see each other every day yeah um definitely not when you're in a church like ours we see each other all the time <laughs> yeah we do which but is great I love it's it. awesome yeah i wouldn't have it any other way i love yeah. all the boys all the girls all of them they're great um our church is incredible yeah um, it is it is but yeah very very grateful for our community mm. um but yeah there was definitely a point where we started catching up not just drinking though and not just partying was, though yeah um or even Maybe not just a point, but it's something that we just kind of did. We started doing, because um, yeah, I can't remember the first time we ever did it. I just know that it was something we started doing was catching up and like going to Macca's was the big one because it was cheap. Honestly. Yeah, like we had a frozen coke because it's a dollar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'd go to Macca's and we'd just chat. Like yeah. we really would. We'd just chat about great. anything and everything into late hours of the night. As well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We'd chat for a long great. time. Um, not it. just the two of us as well. We'd chat yeah. with a friend of ours, Dylan. Um, and like, sometimes it was mixing and matching. So sometimes it was all three of us. Sometimes it was just me and Abe. Sometimes it was Abe and Dylan. Sometimes me and Dylan would just mm. go around. Um, yeah. We'd, yeah. We'd just kind of do our own thing in that sense. But yeah, we had that friendship where we could just be like, yo, I know it's one in the morning, but if you're awake, let's go to Macca's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that in itself was us like seeking something different. Um, because I remember we would always talk about like, as much as we loved drinking and stuff like that, we would occasionally bring up the conversation of let's do something fun. That's not drinking. Yeah. Um, it's like subconsciously we wanted to get out of it, um, Mm. in a sense. Yeah, it's true. Because yeah, we would, we would say stuff. I, I at least remember like Dylan saying that a few times he'd be like, yeah, let's go do something fun. That's not drinking. And like, we don't have any fun besides drinking. And, um, but we definitely weren't thinking of it in a faith way. It was just us wanting to do something different. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, a lot of the time we would be thinking of new and creative ways to enjoy drinking. <laughs> we were, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell the story of what we what we did one time at Macca's? Wait, what are we, is this the... This is the thing, yeah. This, all right, this all right. Is one, yeah. This is the GoPro idea. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's actually an original idea. Um, for us, it was. Like, yeah. we didn't find it from anywhere else, but I'm sure other people have done this. But we had this hilarious idea where we would start strapping GoPros to ourselves and go on big nights out uh, where we'd go and get drunk and and uh, do all the things that are not fantastic <laughs> and uh, would film it all and would turn it into like funny videos. And yeah. Um, yeah, but what I found kind of crazy about that is the things that we were talking about in sense of, um, you know, what you mentioned the other day, which was that we are, we were looking for like the craziest things to do. Yeah. We weren't just looking to like, film it like we normally would would talk about daring each other to go and yeah. do some pretty gross and like not very yeah. nice things and yeah. would talk about like creating more of a toxic environment yeah. because it would create quotes good content yeah um yeah, yeah. that's like yeah. the way that we thought about it was the more like crazy and stingy and gross and and all those things we would get the more like views we could get if we turned yeah. it into something cool so we yeah. really had this twisted idea but we didn't think of it in that way in the sense we thought of it as like let's just have more fun and get more views out of it Mm. um but yeah i really did want to like stress that it was us like thinking of really dumb and stupid and gross things Mm. and trying to convert that into 
like funny videos for other people's entertainment so as much as it was like this idea that we had a lot of laughs about man we were in a weird place to be be thinking of that like (laughs) yeah yeah like how are you feeling through all of that and like that situation if you can remember um yeah what were your thoughts on all of it at the time i didn't even give it a second thought i thought it was just the funniest thing in the world Mm. and that was a great idea um you know i thought it would be so fun just to just to be idiots for a night and watch it back the next day and remember all the things that you did because you know after a big night of drinking you don't remember half the stuff you do that's such a good point and yeah for me i thought man i am so funny when i'm drunk it would be great to see the stuff that i do mm-hmm. when i'm sober honestly now thinking about it i'd probably look at it and go oh my goodness i'm an idiot hilariously if we ever actually did it which we didn't we never actually got around to doing it but if we ever did i feel like if we watched it the next day it probably would have been a really sobering experience it probably would have. <laughs> like yeah we probably would have looked at it and been like wow we're really stupid <laughs> yeah yeah and and we probably would have seen the jokes that we'd made and at the time thought they were absolutely hilarious but then the next day see them and be like we're actually not that funny yeah and probably just been like that's kind of weird and gross yeah and like yeah yeah <laughs> Probably. But, I mean, that's just kind of a glimpse of the mindset we were in, um, was we were looking for that next big thing, but we were just looking in the realm of partying. Yeah. We were just like, we need to find something new, we need to find something fun, fresh, and like something that's going to make us feel like better, I guess. Yeah. And we were like, well, we like partying, so let's go deeper there. Yeah. Um, Which, man, not uh, not healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Not healthy at all. that next big thing actually came about in the form of Macca's Chats, didn't it? Oh, yeah. It really did. It really did. Um, honestly, I can barely remember heaps of the conversations we had. Um, yeah. Probably because we had so many. We did have a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was not long after I... Oh, I don't really know what point it was or even what year it was. I told you I'm bad with years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there was a point where a friend of mine was like, yeah, I'll come to church. Yeah. And I was like, nah, <laughs> not interested. <laughs> but after they persisted and persisted and persisted, I, I was like, sure. I'll give it a shot. And I know like deep down why I did that. It was because I was craving like friendships. And mm. that's what that per- that friend was telling me about. She was like, the people at this church will like be real friends to you. They're like really mm. cool people. Um, they're a lot of fun. So I didn't go there for like any religious reasons. I went there because she was like, the people are fun. Mm. Um, and I mean, it was that that relationship, those, those friendships um, that I made that really um, started me on the journey. Um, on the journey to finding God. And once I really did find God, that's when I, um, without knowing it, was like kind of feeding into you in a sense. Um, Because I definitely, there was not a point where we were catching up at Macca's all the time and I was like doing it to like evangelize or to tell you about God or to tell you about church. I was just telling you about the fun I was having and about the friends I was meeting. Yeah, that's Um, true. And yeah, it was never, there was never an agenda. And even for a very big portion of the time, I wasn't a Christian still. I was just going to church and enjoying like time with these people. Um, And like, I thought I was really stepping into faith and I was like, it was part of my journey, but there was a clear, like a point, a point where I was saved and that's when things changed. Mm, Yeah. But yeah, a huge part of our like catch ups and that friendship was us just maintaining the friendship. It wasn't even about me like bringing you to church or anything like that. Um, And so, yeah, do you want to talk about that whole section where we were like catching up and I was mentioning church a lot and bringing it up Mm. and talking about like, trying it out and stuff like that uh, from your perspective. I actually don't remember much about church, Mm. to be honest. Um, I just remember 
hanging out and having a good time with a friend. Well, there you go. Honestly, (laughs) yeah. And yeah, it was really good. I think what did change my, like what changed my heart, I guess, was just, just seeing that your life was different from mine. Yeah, because like- um, I was still in the party scene. I was still going out most weekends, mm. and you weren't. You were you were in this church lifestyle now. Um, so yeah, I don't remember much about what we actually talked about. I just remember hanging out with a friend. But it was really cool to see that your life was different than mine, and that you were still having a good time. Because mm. at the time, I thought the only way to have fun was to go out and have a big night. But it was really great to see that you found that somewhere else. Mm. Which was what it was for me at the time. Yeah. At the time, it wasn't, um, or at least for, like I said, a portion of it, it wasn't me, like, all of a sudden becoming this Christian that's, like, super passionate about God. Mm. It was just that I'd found this, like, this relationship and this fun yeah. and this craving in an area that I didn't expect it to be. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that would probably honestly play more of a part. And Yeah, definitely. That's, like kind of exciting to think about it's just the impact that we just living life differently can actually yep. have on people yeah um, so the true. fact that just them watching and listening into how our lives are playing out and being like hey like that's an attractive lifestyle like mm. you know things like partying and drinking can be fun and can to a lot of people be attractive myself included at one point um that there is something that's deeper and more meaningful and more like more fruitful um mm. yeah on the other side and you've just got to like tap into that i guess and so yeah yeah. um do you want to maybe touch on i guess more of that or did you have anything else to say about that on how those chats and stuff transitioned into you wanting to try out church yeah um i think i sort of just brushed off your whole church thing as you know like oh that's good for jared i'm glad like i really was glad that it was working out well for you but i sort of just brushed it off as yeah that's good for him but you know, I've tried that. I'm not really interested in that for myself. Yeah. Um, I was so happy that you'd found something great in there and I was supporting of you. Mm. But for me, I didn't really want to change. Um, yeah. But I guess the thing that, like, really impacted me was the fact that you didn't judge me as well for the life that I lived. Mm. Um, because I'd always, as I said, I was brought up in church, but I'd always felt judged there. Um, I'd always had people telling me how to live and what I should do and what I shouldn't do. And, you know, and it made me feel like, you know, if I had my own thoughts that I was a bad person, um, almost, that's almost how I felt. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to have a friend that was, you know, a hundred percent sold out for the church, you know, a hundred percent into it, Mm. um, to still hang out with me as I was, you know, getting drunk every weekend uh, and not judge me for that and simply just be there and have a fun chat and be a mate, basically. That was, like, really cool to see because, yeah, I feel like I believed at the time that I would be judged and that every Christian was the same. But to see that there were Christians out there that didn't mm. was awesome. Yeah, and it's um, it's crazy to think about that as well because, like I said before at the time, I didn't have, like, an agenda. Um, I definitely was always, you know, hoping, and there was a lot of prayer put into it, actually, that you would eventually come to church again. Yeah, cool. Um, but, yeah, I was just hanging out with you because I liked hanging out with you and my yeah. mate. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's go hang out and, like, 
have a frozen coke because it's all we could afford (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like i was just yeah i was keen to hang out with you as a friend because you've always just been a friend and so um Mm. yeah it's just it's really cool to talk about that actually just like yeah how we had that pure friendship and how that pure friendship had no like intention behind it Mm. but it was still able to create change in both of our lives um you know it kept me grounded as well kept me in the real world knowing that like not everyone um around me is this like you know upstanding christian who like Mm. is perfect and and this and that it kept me grounded knowing that everyone every single person is like covered in dirt everyone's like made their mistakes everyone's gone through things and um and also it led me to like really understand that no one is ever too far gone Mm, um not that you ever were like that crazy like i've definitely met people who've who are way crazier but it was just a reminder that it doesn't matter what you've gone through you can still find god and i was like man that's so cool that's so true um and so yeah just having that that just pure friendship where nothing was like on the line in a sense it was just like we were mates um was yeah it was a huge help for me as well to just like stay grounded in the real world um, yeah it's great that's good and yeah so you know, there was obviously a transition of you going from just these catch-ups to ending up in church. Yeah. Um, and again, like, I don't want to sound like the catch-ups or what led you there, because I know you had your own crazy experiences, um, which feel free to touch on or not if you want to. But yeah, just talk about where you've gotten to now since then, I guess. Mm, yeah, well, the catch-ups, first of all, definitely played a part. Um, I think what God was doing was he was preparing my heart. Um, you know, there's there's... A verse in the Bible that talks about our hearts being like soil and you know the, the sower plants different seeds mm. um, but based on the soil that we have which is our hearts they can either grow and be like really really strong and really big or they could grow a little bit and then get choked out by weeds or mm. you know just be snatched up by birds and and I think what God was doing through those catch-ups with yourself and other people like Schaefer, our pastor, and my brother, mm. um, I think what he was doing was preparing my heart so that it was like good soil, mm. um, so that when the seed was sown, it grew into something stronger, yeah. um, which was cool. But the seed was sown when God just came and revealed himself to me, mm. um, which, is, which is crazy. Um, I remember I was I was just doing what I always did, um, mm. nothing different. It was the same, you know. I was living in a fallen lifestyle, mm. I guess. Um, you know, I was I was into a couple of drugs and stuff like that, which, you know, I'm not proud of, mm. but that's just where I was at, at the time. Yeah. And God just happened to rock up one of those times, you know, like He just came into this into the middle of the room, and I'm not sure exactly why he chose that time but i think it has something to do with that lie that i was believing that god would judge me for the Mm. things that i'd done and i think the fact that he did choose that time just absolutely broke that lie off me because i realized the truth that god is a forgiving god Mm. and he just wants to be in relationship with us and Mm. bless us and pour out his mercy on us kind of um, so that was that was when it all changed. You know, I, I remember just being in the room and God just came in and I knew exactly what was happening. Um, I'd never clearly felt the presence of God before. I had, but not clearly. Um, and there was always doubt. But this time there was 100% certainty. Mm. 
And I remember him just speaking to me so clearly and sharing with me his plans for my life and yeah, well. where, where I was called to be and my purpose for living in this world and, and things like that. And, and I just remember just being so awestruck um, and, and amazed and in love, I guess, mm. which, no, was, yeah. which was awesome. Um, and yeah, that moment sort of just turned everything around. Mm. Um, you know, I had, I had a few other encounters after that and I realized pretty quickly that God was like, yes, he didn't judge me for the lifestyle that I lived, but he was calling me out of it. Mm. Um, not for his sake, but for mine, because mm. the things that I was doing were hurting me Yeah, and, and the people around me actually. Yeah. Um, so he was calling me out of that for my own sake so that I could live a healthier life and a happier life and a more beneficial life to those around me. Yeah. Um, so that was great. And I pretty much just jumped straight into church. I, mm. I came to Everlife, which is where we go now. Yep. Um, and absolutely loved it. I jumped into serving on a couple different teams. I did an internship there. Yeah which really worked to strengthen me as a person and help me really grow my roots deeper with God, I guess, mm. like really be solidified in the faith. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been an amazing journey, but it's definitely been one that's gotten me to the point where I feel like I'm strong now. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I mean, that is, that's incredible. Um, that just that, small chunk of like your journey just yeah. that, that transition point where everything changed um being someone who was like there for, present for a lot of it as well um obviously not like the, the one-on-ones with you and god but like being present and watching you change and grow and um seeing you come to church for like the first time in a long time and seeing mm. you bring your girlfriend to church and yeah. like have this crazy experience where like you're building each other up and oh just all of it was just like so cool to see from you know from that friend standpoint as well yeah. from like someone who's who's been there for a long time. Um, it was so cool to see that transition and see, um, see all this life I guess be like fed into you and all mm. this like incredible stuff come out of it. Um, something I did want to touch on very briefly, um, is just that you know we've talked a lot about you know drinking and drugs and alcohol yeah. and uh, and that culture and stuff. Um, something I did want to touch on is because it can be a really gray area for a lot of people whether or not. Um, drinking and drugs and um, well I would say drugs is pretty pretty standard like no no for a lot of people but um, yeah. a lot of people the idea of drinking alcohol is is not a bad idea yeah. Um, and yeah I, I want to just touch on that a little bit because you know I said earlier you know having a beer or two with your mates um, like that's chill like you do whatever you want it's all about your limits and your um, and your I guess convictions but um, I guess the idea that you know not drinking is right and drinking is wrong or that mm. anything is right and anything is wrong yeah. is kind of a difficult thing to to put labels on in that sense. Like, yeah. there are obviously things, you know, murder is wrong. There's no there's no going around that. Like, murder mm. is wrong. But when it comes to things in that bit of a grey area, um, the way I like to describe it, I guess, is if someone is going out and drinking and, like, you know, hurting people and breaking and doing all these things, I wouldn't look at that and be like, no, that's bad. Like, no, that's bad. Mm. Don't do that. Um or if I was going to engage in that, I wouldn't be like, no, Jared, don't do that. That's bad. The question I would ask myself is, is this destructive behavior? Yeah. Um, I think is a very important thing to touch on is that it's not mm. about it being right or wrong. It's about whether it's destructive behavior or not. Yeah. Um, Cause there is nothing wrong with having some drinks and you can go and have drinks. You can even get a little bit drunk. Um, it all 
depends on whether or not your behavior becomes destructive. Um, and I'm not saying that it's about how badly alcohol affects you, but it's if you're going into a situation um, that doesn't even have to involve drinking, but if you're going into a situation where the behavior and the situation and all of that is going to be destructive, then that's when it's like important to take steps back and figure out what part of it is destructive and remove that destruction. Um, because destruction is something that's bad. And what causes destruction um, can, can come from anywhere. And yeah. so I thought I'd just touch on that quickly, that it's not about it being like, this is bad and this is good. It's about destructive behavior and identifying that destructive behavior and being able to, um, I guess, separate it and know yeah. what's destructive and what's not. Yeah, I agree um, with that. Absolutely. Um, and it kind of, to bring it back to what we said at the start of the podcast mm. about now that we've aged, you know, we see our parents' rules that they've put in place. You know, we see that those rules aren't just rules for the sake of them. They're actually there to stop us from hurting ourselves. And it go- yeah. it ties in perfectly with what you were saying about that destructive behavior. Mm. You know, some people might see Christian faith and think that's that's just a whole bunch of rules that I just don't want to follow. Yeah. But they're not just rules for the sake of having rules just to be annoying. They're mm. actually there for a purpose to stop us from hurting ourselves and mm. from hurting other people. Yeah. And yeah, um, on that as well, like God wants nothing but to see us like grow and prosper and do like incredible things. Yeah. And so the last thing that God wants is destruction in our mm. lives and in the, the world around us. And so all the things that the Bible tells you you should and shouldn't be doing, like n- you literally can't look at a single one and be like, um, that that wasn't trying to prevent destruction. Yeah. Um, even if you don't agree with this or that, or you have your own views on this or that, every single rule or, or guidance that God has given is to prevent destruction. Yeah. And I think that's where the beauty lies, is that it's not about this is bad, but this is slightly less bad or anything like that. It's just destruction is the thing that God wants to prevent. Yeah. And yeah. So I thought cool. it was really important to touch on that. Um, I don't know why I chose that point. I just thought... Like that's no, where the, the thought came up and I was like, you know what, let's, let's jump in. Um, but yeah, to tie it all back in to, to where we we're at <laughs> before, <laughs> um, you know, let's talk about how our friendship has changed since, yeah. you know, we've both come into church and we've both become, um, you know, people of faith and we both mm. rely heavily, if not entirely on God, mm. um, in our day to day lives. Um, let's talk about how things started to change for us. Do you have anything to, to jump in with? Um, yeah, I guess. We've gone a lot deeper with our friendship. Oh yeah. Um, when we first started hanging out in year nine, it was it was very surface level. You know, we'd just be hanging out to have a laugh. You know, we'd be mm. we'd be mates that just had fun together and nothing else. Uh, whereas now it's it's very different, and I feel like we're more real with each other yeah. instead of putting up a show and trying to be funny, trying to pretend mm-hmm. like we're just like funny kids. Um, which we still have that side to us, mm. but we can show other sides as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is so true. And just, yeah, the, like realizing that, um, that other people have like dimensions to them. Yeah. Um, because it's so easy to look at yourself and look at the, like the part of you that pro- you're projecting and putting forward. And then, um, you know, you know that you've got like this sadness in this corner, this happiness in this corner, yeah. and all these things that uh, give your personality layers and give mm. your, your humanity layers. But once you start to go deeper with someone, you really start to realize um, and like truly comprehend that other people have layers and other yeah. people have these things and that God created them yeah. with these things. And it's just like, it's a crazy thing to, 
to be able to experience. And it's a blessing to be able to experience that as well, that we've been able to go deeper, um, not just with each other, but with the people around us. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I think that is so true without a doubt. um, Some of the the talks and catch ups that we've had, even like this one right here where we're we're talking, it's just different because it's into a microphone. Yeah. But, you know, being able to get to this level when we're talking about, you know, the things we were just talking about with destruction, um, that kind of conversation when we were in year nine, 10 or 11, would never happen. Would no. never happen. Like, no. I don't even remember what we would talk about, but it was dumb stuff, like, yeah. comparatively. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I would like to say, you know, nothing's dumb because, you know, it was all about growing at the time and it was all, like, where our <laughs> minds were at at the time, but it was dumb, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had, we had good times. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a, it's a young way of thinking. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, it comes with that maturity, like you said yeah. before. Um, maturity is something that comes with time. You don't just get maturity. Mm. Um, I mean, unless you pray for it, in which case <laughs> I know a lot of people who have like actually sat down and just put tons of prayer into maturity and like, like wow. asking to be more mature and then it's granted to them. And out wow. of nowhere, they're saying things and I'm like, I never pictured you saying that kind of thing. That's incredible. Like, that's crazy. And so, yeah. Um, awesome. But yeah, let's get back to going deeper because I think mm. that's such an important thing. Um, and when we talk about going deeper, a huge part of that, a massive part, something that I'm really stoked to actually talk about is vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yeah. It's a hard word to say. (laughs) It's a big word. (laughs) Yeah, but vulnerability. I can't. I can't. (laughs) Hold on. on. Can you do it for me? Be like, all right. Vulnerability. Thank you, Abraham. (laughs) (laughs) I really had to focus there. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. I swear I said it like fast a minute ago, but anyway. Vulnerability. There we go. Nice. We got it. Go team. <laughs> but yeah, uh, something I'm super stoked to talk about is mm. vulnerability because yeah. it's such an important part about being a human and actually mm. being like a functioning male in society yeah. is vulnerability because um, in the world of, you know, the media and um, I guess not a Christian upbringing, um, the last thing that a man is taught to do is be vulnerable. Mm. Like the first thing that they're told to do is suppress all their feelings, suppress all their emotions, be just a big, strong man who doesn't feel anything and is just big and strong. And like that, as there is a lot of truth to that in the sense of like, you have to be, you know, a big and strong person. Mm. It's not that you have to be a big and strong man because you're a man. There is without a doubt, a sense where like, you need to be vulnerable. You need to be able to connect with the side of you that can go deeper and talk. And, Mm. um, and as much as, you know, I do think there is definitely a difference between like the, the how much of a man you have to be because the Bible even says, you know, you have to be a man to your wife and you have to, you know, uphold yourself in a certain way um, towards, you you know, your, your family and your wife. And I think there is merit for that. And it's 100% true. I think the idea that masculinity um, is the only personality trait of a man is wrong. Um, Mm. I think that you can be masculine and you can have masculinity but you don't have to base your entire personality on that. You can still get in touch and go deeper. And I think that that is something that once you become more in touch with God and you really start to have that relationship with God, God teaches you to go deeper. And yeah. um, he gives you the opportunities with your friends around you to go deeper. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And I'd even ask the question, what is a man? Right. Like society would define it as being strong and being tough and always being confident and knowing exactly what you want and going after it. But that's like, that can be a side of being a man, Mm -hmm. but being a man is really just being who you are. Yeah. Being yourself because, you know, everyone is a human, like every, yeah, there's what even is it? 
Yeah. And um, what I like what you said before, actually, I really like what you said before about, like, the idea of being a man is being a big, strong man. Mm. Like, um, and some of the strongest people I know are women. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing is, like, and I'm not talking about physical strength. I'm talking about, like, emotional and mental yeah. and all of it. Like, all of it combined. Some of the strongest people, some of the strongest personalities I know are women. And, mm. like, <laughs> just the idea that that's all that a man can be and that a woman can't really be that is just so like warped. And so the idea of being vulnerable to bring it all back, that was a long tangent, but to bring it all back, the idea of being vulnerable um, when you really form those deep connections and friendships Mm. is like, it's beautiful. It really is because the fact that we can talk like this and go deeper and talk about like our feelings and our expressions and how things make us react and, and why we feel the way we do is being vulnerable and being vulnerable is yeah, it's it's such a gift. It really is. Yeah, um, and it's powerful as it's, well. Oh, it's so it's powerful. so powerful. A lot of the breakthroughs that I've had in my life are a direct consequence of sharing something mm-hmm. with someone else and having them encourage me around that area. Yeah, and I think that's um that's incredible, man. And yeah. um, um and it's so true. Like the same same thing here. There have been so many times where if I didn't get vulnerable in that situation. Um, whether it's with myself, with God, with other people. Um, but I guess we are focusing on other people. But yeah, um, if I didn't get vulnerable in those situations, I wouldn't have had breakthrough. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have gotten to that next step, mm. um, or at least not at the same time. It would have taken longer because I would have had to yeah. to go around and eventually get back to that vulnerable point and then try mm. again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think a big part about being vulnerable with each other is that you and I were able to become in a sense like accountable accountability people for each other and really keep each other accountable not just in recent events but also actually um before like when it came to to drinking and when it came to to partying and when Mm. it came to like like going back into faith and like readings and kind of like keeping up with each other in a sense that's it and it's more natural as well once uh once we were able to go go deeper and have that vulnerable connection yeah um we were able to make it just kind of like natural conversation would always, you know, ask each other, not just how you are, but like, how are you going with this and how are you going with that? And really knowing each other and actually like having the desire to dump, jump into each other's lives yeah. um, in a vulnerable state, I think is so yeah. important. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if you like had anything to add to that, I guess, to like how you found our friendship changed and once we became more vulnerable, once we started really going deeper in that sense, did things like start changing in that way? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I really liked what you said the other day. Um, just for context, Jared and I caught up for coffee the other day and um, we were having one of those really vulnerable chats where we just opened up to each other about some things that we were dealing with. Mm. And um, one of the things Jared said was being vulnerable with someone else forces you to be vulnerable with yourself. Mm. And I think a lot of the time, you know, we have these things, but we pretend we lie to ourselves that it's not an issue when it is. Yeah. And when you tell someone else about it, it sort of makes it real in your life that, hey, this is an issue. I do need to deal with it. And oh, yeah. it, it almost is a motivating factor for yourself to actually start making a difference. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. And yeah, I without a doubt agree with that, that the second you are vulnerable with someone else, you're being vulnerable with yourself. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's so much power in that. There's yeah. so much power in recognizing where you're at as a human being being present in the moment is something that i love to to talk to people about i love to be like hey are you being present right now like because 
there is a there is a huge element to sitting there in your vulnerability in the moment and like figuring out where these emotions are coming from where these feelings are coming from why you're at where you're at and really being present and you can't be present without being vulnerable like you have to be real with yourself yes and so like learning that from having incredible friendships where you are forced to go vulnerable um Mm. i'd say forced but like um, like where the conversations have to lead somewhere and eventually you get to that vulnerability because you're both growing at yeah. such a rate that, you know, small talk doesn't do it anymore. You know, yeah, we it. can't catch up for coffee and just small talk for a few yeah. hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you get to a point and you get to a, a stage in life as well with maturity where you want to go deeper. Yeah, and it. just knowing that I have a friend like Abraham who I can comfortably go deeper with, I can comfortably yeah. talk to. He's not going to judge me if I say something stupid. He'll give me advice towards it and he'll like, he'll encourage me and he'll, um, he'll never break me down. You know, it's having that friendship that has um, taken a while to build in a sense, but, you know, it's always been there and we've always through like thick and thin actually um, stuck to it. And mm. the fact that God has become like the foundation to that as well yeah. is just such an incredible privilege. And so, yeah, that's, I guess, led up to vulnerability. Bu- here we go again, <laughs> vulnerability, <laughs> which yeah. is just, yeah. I think should be a foundation of any friendship or any relationship or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. But I think the important thing as well with that is not to just open up to anyone. Mm. Uh, I think finding that person that you trust is really helpful as well. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be just one person. It can be a couple, but, you know, don't open with some don't open <laughs> with your biggest mistakes you know don't be like hey my name's abe uh you know i once killed a guy <laughs> you know you want to you, you probably want to have a little bit of small talk just to just to initiate the friendship for context but, as far as i'm aware abraham's never killed anyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> no no I, I haven't not that i remember anyway <laughs> uh, i think that is so true and so important though um that you know with the story that we've told you, this, this like progression, I guess, where we've gone from that year nine friendship to where we are now. Um, we weren't just like vulnerable in year nine. We weren't sitting there talking about these things in year nine. And a lot of that was due to, you know, we were undeve- underdeveloped. We we're still young. Mm. Um, but you know, even as we, we grew up, we had to learn to get vulnerable with each other. Yeah. And, um, it's, you know, it's trust. And I know for a fact, a lot of people struggle with trust yeah. and it's very difficult to, to open up and talk about these things. Um, but I would encourage anyone, um, anyone and everyone to find that, that person, find, yeah. find someone, um, that's going to, I guess, open the gate for you to learn how to be vulnerable with people in general. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's an extent to who and how you're vulnerable. Um, you can't just go out and start screaming everything to everyone. I mean, you can, <laughs> if you want, but I feel like that's too vulnerable. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's like, find that first person that's going to open the, the door for you to be vulnerable, um, with yeah. life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so important. Mm, yeah. And I like what you said there about being too vulnerable. Mm. Where do you think the line is? Um, when it comes to... Oh, man, it so depends, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like being vulnerable with the people around you. Um, I would say, like, you know, it's it's a comfortable level, isn't it? It's like talk about whatever it is you're willing to talk about. So, for example, when it comes to a group setting or people that I'm not too... Um, familiar with yet people I'm still getting to know it's like being vulnerable to the point that letting them know that I am a person with weaknesses like everyone else mm. um, that I'm not some like pretending to be some perfect person I'm not pretending to be like you know a Christian who's got it all together yeah. or anything like that I think for me it's being able to have a conversation with this person 
about anything and everything. I could be super yeah. passionate about something. I could be like talking something fun up that I did or whatever it is, but still having that background knowledge that I've given them from my vulnerability that lets them know that I'm not a perfect person, yeah. that I've gone through things like everyone else. Yeah, that's um, it. And then, you know, having people to go really deep with. Mm, yeah. And I think the first step of being vulnerable is actually not that scary at all. It's actually just being open about your interests. Mm. You know, we're talking so much about being vulnerable with our biggest mistakes and, and our weaknesses and, and getting strength from that. And that's absolutely true. But that's actually a deeper stage of vulnerability. The first stage is actually being like, hey, I'm actually into this. And mm. it might not be the most popular thing, you know, like I've always been into pop music, but, you know, there's people out there that like less popular music, like um, like electronic stuff and, yeah. and whatever, you know. And sometimes I feel like we can think that just because it's not normal, it's not cool. Yeah. But it's actually when you share those things that you're actually interested in mm. and passionate about that you actually get that first stage of vulnerability. Mm. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I think that's a really good point to make that, yeah, vulnerability can be as simple as expressing your interest in something. Yeah. Being like, yeah, I like this. Because um, that's, you know, it's taking a leap of faith. That's yeah. that's you telling someone something with the, the hope, I guess, that they're not going to judge you for it. Yeah. And I mean, nine times out of ten, if someone is really going to, like, destroy you for your music taste, it's like, you know, you probably shouldn't be yeah, that exactly. person. <laughs> but it is still a point of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I guess another thing that's, like, um, definitely a bit further along than that, but talking about seeking help and mm, things like that, yeah. not just with, like, big things. Like, I'm yeah. not talking, like, crazy things, but just seeking help in general. If you are struggling with something, like, you know, you've popped a tire and you don't know how to fix the tire and... Mm you've got to call it like you call a friend up to get them to help you fix your, like a change yeah. a tire or whatever yeah. it is. Um, you know, that right there is a state of you being vulnerable. Yeah. You asking for help, you admitting to yourself and to them that you don't know how to do this and you would like them to help you is yeah. a state of being vulnerable. And it's little things like that. Like in the moment, if you've got a friend who you're, you're close with and you want to get to that next level with them, a really good way to bond and to like start creating, um, I guess the culture in your friendship of vulnerability is ask them for help with something. You know, next time you need something, um, like you need some help with something, go to that person first. Even if like they turns out they're not able to help you, yeah. it's still without being so like cut and dry and letting them know, like screaming in their face, Hey, I'm being vulnerable with you. It's letting them know that, you know, you're not perfect just like everyone else. Um, you've yeah. got this, this gap where you could use some help and you're looking to them. So you're seeking to them for that help so that later down the line, hopefully when you and that person become more vulnerable with each other, um, taking these bigger steps where you're really seeking guidance. or you're really going to be yeah. vulnerable and talk about how you're, you're feeling and how your, um, your life is and all these crazy things. Um, it's not going to be this crazy faith step where you're like freaking out about it. Um, mm. and as much as those can be important for some people at some times, if you ease your friendship into it, then, you can be intentional about these things yeah, and actually create it. vulnerable culture. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And there, there is a natural progression to it as well. Mm. You know, it's not... Yeah, it's, there's never a point where it's just a massive step. It's always going to be that bit by bit by bit by mm. bit. And, you know, taking the previous step will actually help you take the next one as well. Exactly. Which is great. Mm. And I think, yeah, that's, that's so true. Mm. I think it's super important. And I think it's so cool that... Um, 
that yeah that we're able to look back at our you know our crazy friendship which started so long ago now mm. and has gotten to this point where we can be vulnerable and talk about whatever we want and you know being able to look back and see the step by step you know yeah. see that you know there was a point where we would just joke around about anything because we're at school and we're young and we're like just having fun yeah. um and they got to a point where we could talk to each other about like our days and and how we're feeling in those days and why mm. like why we are feeling the way we're feeling and kind of working it out together and then it got to a point where we could talk about our problems and how we're like really struggling with this or that and how we want to move on from this and that um and a lot of that comes with like you know talking about girls and stuff <laughs> like yeah when we do that kind of thing that's that's really being vulnerable in a sense yeah. and as much as we like to mask that with like masculinity about like you know she's hot and whatever it's like you know <laughs> you do get to a point where you start talking about them being like, um, I guess you being properly attracted to them yeah. and like how it all, how it all works and could go off on a tangent there if we wanted yeah. to. But, um, and then yeah, eventually getting to that level now where we can talk about pretty much anything yeah. and feel comfortable. Yeah, and true. I think, yeah, that's an awesome step to take. Yeah. 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 So what would you say, I guess was like the, the biggest like stick out when someone says to you, like if someone was to come up to you and ask, Hey Abraham, like you're in Jared, Jared's friendship, um, and where you are now. Like, what was the most like impactful thing throughout that friendship that really caused you guys to to get to the level you are now? Like, how did you get there? Mm. What would you like say in like a brief way? I guess. Just communicating. Yeah. Hey. Um, Sounds like a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> what <Well>, is? <laughs> just a. It's not a romantic. Relationship. <laughs> just, just for clarity, guys. If you guys are thinking that. Um, we are both straight. We both have girlfriends. <laughs> but, but no. We, yeah, just just talking. Hey, just mm. just about anything and everything. Um, and I think over time it just accumulates. Mm. And you know, I heard I heard at one point. Um, I was watching a YouTube video that this guy he was saying that the quickest way to build rapport with someone, um rapport is like that connection that that level of trust almost um the quickest way to build rapport with someone is to cover as many topics as you can right you know a lot of people when they first start talking to someone they um they find one topic that they relate on usually and because that's the only topic that they've ever talked about they stay in that topic and just go really really deep in that one topic and, you know, you might both like the same sport, say it's soccer. And you're both like, yeah, I love soccer. I love soccer. You know, I play this position. I play that position. Um, you know, I play for this team. I play on this day. But eventually that topic is going to run out and you're going to have to find a new topic. Yeah. But the quickest way to build that trust with someone is actually to cover as many topics as you can, mm-hmm. as quickly as you can. Because, you know, you're going to get to that point where, you know, maybe you've talked for half an hour but if you've t- covered like 10 different topics in that time, the next time you see them, you're going to be like, hey, there's 10 safe topics mm. that I can talk about. And you can talk about that for hours. And it also helps you to realize, hey, we've actually introduced new topics in the past. It's safe to introduce another. Yeah, wow. Well, I love the fact that you use the word safe there. Mm. Um, just because, yeah, it is. It's like you have these topics that are safe yeah. and every time you're delving into a new topic for the first yeah. time it's being vulnerable yeah you're being vulnerable That's with each it. other um because it doesn't have to be something where like you're both super passionate about it but anything that you bring to each other 
you have an opinion on it. Yeah. Um, you have an opinion on anything and everything, whether it's the clothes you're wearing, the clothes your partner wears, the things that you're into, this and that, all that stuff, you have an opinion on it. Yeah. Um, and if you don't yet, you'll form one very quickly. Yeah. And so that is being vulnerable, is sharing those opinions and those thoughts and those feelings. And um, so, yeah, I absolutely love that. And I love the fact <laughs> yeah, that you say that because, that, yeah, that's super cool, dude. Yeah. That is, um, that is sick. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, we're at an hour and 10 minutes, so I think, I think we've done well. It's I think a long conversation. Yeah. It's been good. Um, are you comfortable wrapping it up here? Yeah, I'm comfortable. Yeah. You yeah, think we've, good. you think we've touched everything we want to touch? I think sleep? we've done well. I think that's sick. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I guess from the end of this, we've come out with the, you know, some key points like being vulnerable is so important and the power in friendships, the name of the podcast, <laughs> yeah. um, the power in friendships is is so strong and if you really build a foundation through faith and through through friendship then you're kind of like set you're Mm. kind of set for life you know you always have people and faith and god and the combination of that to to fall back on and to have these like incredible things to to help lift you up in life Mm. and so i think it's um it's really important to to really bring all these things to light and really have like a positive outlook on them and so i think we've done that i think we've brought like a positive look into something that, you know, had a lot of negative stuff here and there, you know, we, we went through struggles um, separately and together, but what was, what stayed strong, what stayed positive was our friendship. And yeah. it, it brought us both to God, which yeah. is ultimately the greatest thing ever. Mm. Um, so yeah, Abraham, I want to thank you so much for, oh. for coming and having a chat with me because this is sick. <laughs> thank you for bringing me in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you had a good time. You enjoyed it? Oh, mate, I loved it. Dude, yeah, sweet. It's well, been fun. I'm so glad. Um, yeah, I mean, if any of you guys want to, get in touch with either of us. I'll have all of uh, both of our socials yeah. linked in wherever I can find them. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward yeah. to all the friend requests. <laughs> <laughs> it should be a good time. I think a lot of people um, might want to talk to us just about, um, you know, friendships and yeah. vulnerability. And so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Any questions you have for either of us, please, I will leave links and have a good time with it until then. Um, you know, apes, it was a, an absolute blessing having you on the podcast. Yeah. So thank you thank again. Thank you, mate. And um, yeah, we're going to close it off here. So I will see you all in the next podcast.